Good morning. Good morning. Thanks to the Bell Choir for starting us out on our worship service this morning. What a beautiful morning it is. We welcome all here today in person as well as those listening on the Facebook or watching us on Facebook Live. A few announcements this morning before we get started. Mother's Day open house, the nursery and kindergarten Sunday school classes, age 3 through 1st grade, and the primary department, 2nd and 3rd grade, are having their annual open house today. Parents, grandparents, and friends are invited to attend. VBS registration is open. Registration forms are in the info center at the back, or you can register on the church website at www.firstchurchnk.org. There will be a congregational meeting on May 15th, following the morning worship for discussion and a vote on the proposed constitution and bylaws. There's more information in your bulletin, and copies of the proposed document are at the info center at the back of the sanctuary. Now I'd like to invite Tori up. Good morning. So we are less than a month out from VBS, and we're getting very excited, uh, but we still need one more teacher. We just need a second grade teacher, and then we are fully staffed besides helpers. If you would like to help, we would love to have you. We need The more people, the better. Um, but we do need a second grade teacher. So if you are interested, if you're even thinking about it, if the thought even crossed your mind at one point last week, come see me after the service, because we would love to get you plugged in for BBS. It's going to be an awesome year. Uh, we're very excited for it. And then also this summer, for the ladies here at First Church, we're starting a summer Bible study on the armor of God. Um, it's the study by Priscilla Schreier, and it will be on starting on June 15th um, at 7 p.m. So it'll be every Wednesday follow, uh, starting on June 15th, um, and it'll be in the Ministry Center. If you would like a book, the books are $17. There is a sign-up sheet in the back. Please sign up before June 1st so we can make sure that you have a book and that you're ready to go for the study. And if you have any questions, um, find myself or Maria Lammers. Thank you. Thank you, Tori. And now if you would, please stand, rise, and join me in the call to worship, which this morning is taken from the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 through 26. Because of the Lord's great love, which we are consumed... For his compassion never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him is good to wait quietly with the salvation of the Lord. You may be seated. We'll continue on in our worship with the offering and a song by the choir, so at this time we'll ask the deacons to come forward to collect the offering.
before you sit down, greet your neighbors and friends as we ask the children to come forward for children's chat. Good morning. Got more people coming. This is a special day. What is it? Mother's Day. Day. Did you wish your mom's happy Mother's Day? I didn't hear that. Yeah. Let's say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Do you ever play the game with mom and tell her, I love you this much. Have you ever done that? And what does she say? I love you this much. Which means she loves you a lot, doesn't she? And who do you think loves you more? God loves you more. Yes, he does. Jesus loves us more, too. All right. So we're talking about moms and their love, and Jesus loves us more. But you know, God gives us moms so he can love us through them, too. When your mom does something loving and kind, that's God doing it because she loves you so much, and God made moms to love. God is glad that he made moms because we, we have them here on earth. And then we see God's love through them. God's love is bigger. Did you know that God and Jesus was the same yesterday, today, and forever? You know what that means? It means that he never changes. His love is so big that it just wraps his arms around you all the time. And when mom wraps her arms around you, that's God wrapping his arms around you too. Now, do you tell mom thank you for things that she does? Or you just assume that's on the uh, job description? Hmm? What do you like most about your mom? Oh, she watches with you on the iPad. Grandmas do that, too, and I've probably seen more Minecraft than I care to think about. (laughs) All right. What else is mom? She takes care of you. How does she take care of you? Um, Food. And what else? Oh, that is so awesome. Yes. 
hugs. Oh, aren't they the best? And kisses. Well, you'll like them less the older you get. Boys kind of run away from that after a while. What else? Huh? You used... Oh, she helps you with your shots, doesn't she? Moms do a lot of things. You think mom's tired at the end of the day? Yeah. You think maybe she needs to hear, thank you, mom, for everything you do? Huh? We need to thank her for bringing you to Sunday school and church and all that fun stuff. And, you know, mom has that look that I just gave somebody. You ever seen the look? Oh, when you get older and you're in, in confirmation, the mom and dad will sit where they can give you the look from where they're sitting. Okay? They'll kind of give you that. I don't think you should be doing that look. Do you ever get that look? Yes. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Good job, Mom. Yes. But we got to thank, uh, you know, all of our moms and, you know, and grandmas. That's a whole nother session. That's a longer session. Grandmas are even better yet because we have more to take care of, more to love us. And we have stepmoms, and we just have all kinds of women that take care of us. But God has a part in all of it. And we need to show them how we love them, too. So when you go back, you think about everything mom does and grandma and aunts and whatever. And share your love with them and know that God is the same with his love all the time. He never changes. Let us say a prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of mothers. May they teach us and train us up in the way that we should go. So when they're old, and when we are old, we will not depart from it. Even when children have already grown, help the mothers to sow the seeds that will bear fruit of your spirit. Just as a mother's work is never done, her prayers for her children will never end. A piece of her heart is always with them. Lord, we love you that this huge responsibility is one that has no job description. There's no special college degree, no on-the-job training program. Help each mother to realize that you offer something either even better than these things, your spirit and your word. May the Holy Spirit guide each mother as she seeks wisdom. Illuminate the scriptures for her. Help her encourage her children to honor you. And give her a church family that will come alongside her and show her the love of Christ to her and her family. Place godly mentors in her life and also in the lives of her children. May they seek you and find you. Lord, thank you for our mothers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Carolyn. Thanks, kids. You guys can head back to your seats. Once again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here. Uh, Let's take a moment and let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Father God, we do thank you for the mothers in our congregation and in our community. We praise you for the way that they love and care for their children and their families. We pray that you bless them today. May they know that they are loved, appreciated, and valued. And not just for the things they do, but for who they are. We also remember the moms who have lost children. May you comfort them in their grief. We also pray for the women who long to be mothers, but are unable to do so for one reason or another. 
We also pray for those that aren't moms, but often fill that role for the young people in their lives. We thank you for the way they step in and care for those and that you've placed around them. And we also pray this day for single moms who often need to fill the roles and carry the weight of both parents. May you bless and sustain them today. Now this Mother's Day, we also pray that you would instill in each of us and in our nation the value of all human life, especially the unborn. May we know and understand that all human life is precious in your sight, for you, God, are our creator. You are the giver of every good and perfect gift, and that includes the gift of life. We ask, Lord, that you'd equip your church to be your hands and feet to care for and support mothers and fathers in need and to care for young children in vulnerable situations. Lord, may we be a people who support and honor the value of life and dignity of life from conception to natural death. And Lord, we ask that on this day, you would just help us to be a people of, of joy and a people of um, that desire to know you and love you and serve you. May we be a beacon of light in a dark world, Lord, that, that points people towards you. Lord, may we be your hands and feet in this world and be a source of comfort and strength for all those who are in need. We think especially this day of those that are listed in our prayers and concerns list in our bulletin. Lord, you know the needs that are represented there. And we ask that you would work in mighty ways according to your will in each of the names and the families and the situations that are represented there. And Lord, we also ask that you would help us, your church, be the answer to prayer where we are able. Lord, equip us to care for those in our congregation and in our community. Help us, Lord, to step in and, and speak words of truth and hope and love to those who need to hear it. And may you work through us, Lord, to make a kingdom impact in New Knoxville and in the surrounding communities and around this world, Lord, through the gifts that we offer up to you. Lord, we ask that you would work in all these things according to your will, which is always good and always perfect and always pleasing, and which, Lord, we will, as we will discuss today, is unchanging. As the world changes around us and as, as things, as popular opinion shifts and as things change, Lord, you remain the same. And we praise you and thank you for that. And so, Lord, as in addition to these prayers that we lift up here today, we also just praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness. We praise you that you are completely and totally trustworthy and deserving of our honor and praise. And so we lift it up to you today in one voice together. Father God, we also pray for those in authority over us as your word calls us to do. And so this day we pray for our local uh, local governments. We pray for our village of New Knoxville as well as Auglaise County and all the elected and appointed officials that represent us here. We thank you for their leadership and pray that you give them wisdom beyond their means so that they may make decisions that are good and right and just. And we also ask, Lord, for your blessing upon our church family. We thank you. Uh, thank you this day for our Sunday school teachers. We thank you, Lord, for those that uh, set aside their time and their their energy and their effort to care for our young people in our church. And we, 
We praise you for them and ask that you equip them, Lord, to continue to serve in that ministry to the best of their ability and to honor and glorify you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Invite Maria up for a scripture reading today. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19. God is not human, that he should lie. Not a human being, that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And our second scripture verse is from Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen. Thank you, Maria. Let's pray together again. Father, we thank you for your word, which is true and right. And uh, we thank you, Lord, that it does help us to know you and understand you better. As we take, take time this morning to once again reflect on your attributes, we ask, Lord, that you would give us, uh, that you would soften our hearts through your, the work of your Holy Spirit, and that you give me words to speak that are honoring and pleasing to you. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Yesterday, our family was driving in the car. We were going out to dinner in Salina to celebrate uh, Mother's Day, and and we were listening to um, some uh, kids' music on shuffle, and and some songs from Frozen 2 came on. If you guys, any of you parents with young children have probably seen that movie or heard those songs more times than you, it's called Some Things Will Never Change. And if you're listening to the song, you get you get one um, aspect of the meaning of the song. But if you're watching the movie, you notice that there's things happening in the background that, that just show the irony of that statement. So, for example, some of the lines of the song say, some things never change as they're walking by a new house that's being constructed in their village. They say some things will always stay the same as an old tree is being chopped down as an artist is trying to paint the landscape. And like an old stone wall that will never fall, right? They're singing that line as they walk by an old stone wall that is literally being torn down to make way for railroad tracks, right? So the irony of the song is that they're singing that some things never change, yet the visuals are displaying that things are constantly changing. And we all know that that is true, right? The old, the old axiom is that, is that the only constant in life is change, And while that may be true for our human experience, we know, however, from Scripture that God is unchanging, that God does not change, and He remains the same. Last week, we talked about how God is independent, right? That He is above everything, including creation, including time itself. And if God is above all things and not affected by anything, that means that He is also unchanging, right? He is not bound by time or the other effects of time like the rest of creation. And today we're going to reflect on that attribute here this morning. We know that God will always remain the same. As I mentioned already, creatures 
right? Those things that are created, including you and I and everything that we see in the universe, we are always subject to change. We are bound by time, right? The human experience is that we are born, we grow old, and that we die. We learn from our experiences. Maybe even we change our opinions about things when we gather new information. We are always changing, But even inanimate objects are subject to change too, right? Mold, decay, rust, deterioration, right? Things that that aren't even living still change over time. Everything in the universe is affected by change. Everything except God, of course, because He is constant. In Psalm 102, verses 26 through 28, the psalmist says, They will perish... Speaking of the the foundations of the earth and the heavens and the work of God's hands, he says, they will perish, but you remain the same. They will all wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them and they will be discarded. But you remain the same and your years will never end. The children of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. You see, God cannot, even though everything else in creation is subject to change, God cannot change because he is perfect. And so he cannot change for the better because that would imply that he wasn't perfect to begin with. Right? A perfectly good being cannot change for the better right? because they are already as perfect as can be. So God can't change for the better, but he also can't change for the worse because that would imply that he would no longer be perfect. That would imply that somehow he could become less good over time. Now pause on that thought for a second. Or how terrifying would that be if God were subject to, subject to change like anything else? He could potentially become less good. He could become evil and cruel. He could be corrupted. But God does not change. Right? He is perfect in every way, every conceivable way. And so he is not subject to change like the rest of us. And God's not subject to change either because he is both omniscient and omnipotent. What that means, he he knows everything, so he's never going to gain new information that's going to help him change his mind, right? He's never going to come across some new information that's going to change his perspective because he already knows all things. And God is all-powerful. He's omnipotent, right? So that that means he is never going to come across a situation where he is unable to do what he intends to do. So God will accomplish what he intends because he is perfectly capable to do so. God is all-powerful. He will not fail what he sets out to do. He will accomplish his purposes. And so God doesn't change in kind of his, his essence, right, his very nature, but he also doesn't change according to his character and attributes. In other words, God is always loving, right? God is always holy, God is always gracious and always just. And he's, he's all of those things all of those times in their fullness. Does that make sense? Like he's never loving one moment and then, then he stops being loving in order to be holy. Right? He's not gracious in one moment and then stops being gracious in order to be just. Right? Because he is unchanging, he is all of those things all of the time. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more, but there's also nothing you can do to make him love you less. God is constant and reliable. 
It also means you never have to walk on eggshells around God, wondering what he's going to be like on a given day. You guys ever known somebody? Maybe it was someone in your family, someone you worked with, right? They were so inconsistent, you just had no idea how they were going to respond from day to day or moment to moment. So you always had to walk on eggshells around them. But God's not like that, right? God is unchanging, which means that he is going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. You may ask, what about passages of Scripture that seem to describe God's, God changing his mind or relenting? For example, in the story of Jonah, right, after a detour through the belly of a whale, Jonah does end up eventually in Nineveh. And there he proclaims God's message, right? Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. But upon hearing that message, the people of Nineveh repent and God relents from destroying Nineveh. Does that mean God changed his mind? Does that mean he he went back on his promises? No, God's character and his will remain the same throughout that story. The Lord is a God of judgment, but he's also a God of mercy. In fact, it would be inconsistent of God to not forgive or to not show mercy towards those who repent from their sins. That is consistent with God's nature. And so God is unchanging, but he responds differently to different situations. His character does not change, but sometimes we see different aspects of his character based on our circumstances or based on our situations. It's like a diamond, right? Or some other precious jewel, right? That is cut and has has different facets, right? Depending on how you look at or what angle you're looking at that diamond, you may see it differently. It may reflect slightly differently from this angle or from that one. But the diamond itself remains the same. And that's the same as that's true of God's character. We may see different aspects of it at different times, but God's character remains consistent and reliable. God sometimes allows, right, allows events to happen that may appear to cause him sorrow or may may appear to regret something in the short term. But it's those same events that will ultimately accomplish his will in the long run. For example, God allows sin to enter the world and corrupt his creation. Yet in Ephesians 1, right, we see that God, from the before the creation of the world, his will was to save us through his son, Jesus Christ, according to his pleasure and will. In other words, before Adam and Eve took the first bite of the forbidden fruit, God had a plan in place to redeem creation. He knew the price he'd have to pay. Yes, sin brought the Lord grief and it affected all of creation, but it did not derail him. We also know because of this, because God is unchanging and reliable, he is completely trustworthy. People are fickle. We easily change, right? We may change our minds. We may deceive, but God is not like the rest of us. In Numbers 23 Right, we, just, we just heard this read. He doesn't lie. He doesn't change his mind. He will do exactly what he intends to do. And that makes him the most trustworthy being in the entire universe. And so he will fulfill his purposes in the world. He will do exactly what he says he will do. Psalm 33, 11 says, The plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. So if God promises something, it will come to pass. I want to give you two practical examples for us here today from Scripture. One, we see the, like the promise, the, the assurance of our salvation. 
In Romans 8, Paul tells us that, that God worked all things together for good for those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Right? God is the one who justifies. God is the one who brings about that fulfillment. He goes on to say at the end of the chapter that nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, the assurance of our salvation does not rest on us. It does not rest on the person being saved. If that were so, none of us would be secure. None of us would have hope. No, the assurance of our salvation rests completely on Christ and His finished work on the cross. He saved us. He redeemed us. And now nothing can separate us from Him. Because God is unchanging and totally trustworthy, we also know that He will finish what He starts. In Philippians 1.6, Paul writes, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, God does not leave jobs half completed. He finishes what he started. That means he will not abandon you. He will not leave you in your time of need. He will see you through it so we can trust him. And last, we know that God's word is always true and relevant. As the world constantly changes around us, standards of truth change, right and wrong seemingly change. Truth is often left up to popular opinion. But God's word remains constant and true. In a world that is constantly changing and constantly redefining truth, God's word is absolute. Right? It, is our, it is our ultimate authority for faith and practice. And that's because God's word reveals the word. Right? It reveals the Son of God to us. The Bible is God's self-revelation. He makes Himself known so that we may know Him, so that we can have a relationship with Him. In other words, the Bible is not just a, a collection of important information. Like a, It's not an owner's manual for life. And I know that, that phrase has been used and it's often well-intentioned, but when was the last time you picked up an owner's manual to read it? Right? Only when something goes wrong. Right? The only time you read an owner's manual for your car is when something goes wrong and you need to know how to fix it. Or if you're anything like me, you just take it to the mechanic and let them deal with it. Right? So the Bible is more, it, it is an owner's manual for life, but it is more than that. It is God's revelation. It's the way he's made himself known so that we can have a relationship with him. God's word is always true. It is absolute and it does not change. Because we know that God does not lie and does not change his mind. That's why the scripture is so important. We need to know it. We need to study it. And yes, we need to trust it. We need, to, we need to know God's words so that we can hide it in our hearts, so that we can move from just knowing the words on a page to knowing the word who gave himself up for us, who is our Savior and our Lord. In just a moment, I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite the, the praise team to come forward. You notice that we have not had an opportunity to sing together here today. And I kind of rearranged things to, in the service for that reason. I mentioned last week that one of the things that, one of the reasons we study the attributes of God is so that we can know Him better, but we know Him better so that we can respond to Him in love and praise and gratitude. And so I, I asked the praise team to help us lead in a time of worship to close out our service. We kind of saved it all for the end so we could have an extended time of worship. You see, so often the way that we arrange our services is, is we kind of save the, the sermon for the end, but it doesn't give us a whole lot of time to respond to maybe what God has revealed to us in His Word. 
And so today we're going to, we're setting aside a little extra time to do just that. We're going to, in, in just a moment, I'm going to pray and we're going to, we're going to spend the rest of our time here together this morning, praising and worshiping God, responding to who he is and what he's done for us. In particular today, we're going to be focusing on God's faithfulness, that God is good, that he is faithful. He is worthy of our praise and honor and worship. And so I, I want to I want to encourage you to worship him this morning, to, to dwell on, to meditate on his goodness and his faithfulness. And as and we will do that together as a church family. So let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word, which is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are unchanging, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because of that, you are infinitely trustworthy. You are infinitely good. You are faithful even when we are not. And so we praise you and we ask, Lord, that you would help us to respond now in gratitude and praise as we sing words of your faithfulness and your goodness. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. I invite you to stand and join us as we praise our Father in heaven.
your faithfulness, for your sacrifice on the cross and allowing us to have that relationship with our Heavenly Father. Take this time before we go to the next song and think of something that you're grateful for, for His faithfulness. Think on His faithfulness. Think on Him.
you are faithful, God. You are true and your mercies are new every morning. You are so faithful. You are holy. Father, may you be honored by this time of worship with you. The
you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this time of worship this morning. We thank you that you are faithful, that there is no shadow of turning within you. You change us not, your your compassions, they fail not. As you have been, you forever will be. Great is your faithfulness, God. So we praise you this morning because you are good, you are faithful, and you will always be that way. We lift up our praises to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go, I do want to remind you of one more announcement. For those of you who didn't see, the, there is a memorial service tomorrow for Harold Lunsford. He was the director of Grand Adults Ministry here at First Church from October 2010 to 2015. Um, you're invited to greet the family tomorrow at a memorial service here in the sanctuary at 10.30 a.m. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. You may go in peace.